Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke-Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption, and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. Abortion again is one of those hot topics uh-huh. that we talk about. The reason we developed the You Before Me campaign was to provide continued education to society about abortion and make sure that facts are known. Uh-huh. One aspect that's not often discussed is what life is like after an abortion for the woman who has one. Okay. Or for the significant other who is with that person who has one. Right. And Meaning sometimes the birth supportive, sometimes not as supportive. But right. either way, they feel the effects as well. Absolutely. And I think it's important to understand what emotions a birth mother and birth father experience, how long they experience them, where do they go from here? Does the pain, guilt, shame, regret go away? Is there any of those emotions? Or is there just relief? and feeling like you dodged a bullet. Right. This is a hard one. I can attest. And this is one that I am speaking solely from a professional standpoint. Okay. Because I have not experienced this. As you've shared, you have experienced this. Right. And I hope that you will feel comfortable in chiming in. Because again, I'm only on one side of this. Uh-huh. Various research studies state that there may be categories of women who do regret their abortion choice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Women who are affected by the stigma of abortion. Women who go on to change their beliefs on abortion. And women who never really wanted to abort and felt pushed or pressured into it. Wow. I would believe that a birth father... Would feel the same way. Yeah, in the same three categories like that. Okay. Do you think from the woman who actually physically had the abortion to the birth father who, in my mind, was just as affected by it, not physically, but in every other area, do you think that those feelings are the same? That's tough to say because um, I'm kind of a firm believer that we're all individuals and we all take things differently. Who knows? Maybe there are people who, men and women, who can just move on after this choice with no regrets and maybe don't even feel any effects of it ever. I, but 
it's hard to say that my walk is the same as anybody else's. But from my experience, yes, I I definitely have felt these effects. I don't know if they're even the same as the effects that my ex-wife feels. So I don't know. That's hard. That's a hard question to answer. How long after the abortion did you start to feel the effects? It certainly wasn't immediate. Um, I think maybe a couple of years. And then I really started looking back on it and thinking, what have I done? Was it before or after the birth of your son? It's been so long ago. I'm going to say, honestly, it might have been when she was pregnant with my son. That makes sense. That would be a huge trigger. Yeah. And as I had said, she had gone through two abortions. So I guess at the time, I just, I, I was so young and very naive, didn't realize the consequences, not just emotionally on me, that that's beside the point, but on what I, on what I had, God, I can't even do this here. Hold on. Just take time. The consequences on the life that was never allowed to be. Because the of the choice I had made. You are so brave mm. to talk about this because I believe that what you're saying is saving lives. I hope so. I hope somebody will hear this and, and go, wait, am I choosing the wrong thing here? Or how will this affect me when I'm 50? <laughs> You don't so. have the ability, unfortunately, to go back and change the past. No. But you have the ability to talk to other birth fathers because men, in a lot of instances, would prefer to hear it from another man. And that's what I've been told when I speak with birth fathers. And you have the platform and the opportunity to share because they there may be birth fathers out there and they're with their pregnant girlfriend, one night stand, some somebody, and they may think, well, abortion is a really quick fix to get out of this. Yeah. It's really something that that we can, you know, just put behind us and move on. Yeah. And because you're being courageous and you're able to to share your story, I really do believe that if there's a heaven, your baby's looking down, giving you the thumbs up. So. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> that made it worse. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I'm not trying to make it worse. It's what I believe in. I'm, no, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> not at all. No, it's, I, just... I, I really do believe that. I really do believe that we all have regrets and we don't always have an opportunity to Help others to not... Not even helping others, but sometimes you can't fix a mistake that you've Certainly. made. But there are things you can do to make it better. Okay. Yeah. And that's what this is. And I think that by making it better, and I wasn't... An example would be I wasn't able during my mother's life to make mm -hmm. her life better. 
I wasn't able to change her view of adoption or her feelings of condemnation or shame or regret because of the care that she didn't receive. Right. After she died, I was able to do that. I was able to take a stand and start a foundation and use her life as an example of what shouldn't be. Right. And how we can affect change in Absolutely. our lifetimes. Yeah. And that is parallel to exactly what you're doing by sharing your story. Well, I don't even know how to respond. Thank you. And I hope so. I hope you can see the connection. I absolutely can. I just, I'm in a little bit of a vulnerable place at the moment. So it's kind of, I'm a little overwhelmed. So, sorry. No, don't be sorry. (laughs) I think that this is exactly what needs to happen for people to understand the after effects. Because people don't talk about what can happen years and years later or the triggers right. or when when you have an abortion or you have your significant other has an abortion and you don't you didn't at the time have the literature or the mm-hmm. understanding or the studies weren't out there as to what it really was, what it entailed, how it affected the baby. And you read it now, those things I'm getting chills as I'm saying this, those things can be beyond overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It's it's not just like a dark cloud. It's like it's all encompassing, and I completely understand because it, in it from a different standpoint, I had those same emotions with my birth mother. I wasn't able to fix it, right? Because I didn't come into her life until ten years before she passed away. I was not able in those ten years to change her view on adoption. I wasn't able to erase the guilt or the shame or the condemnation she felt. Right. I didn't have that ability. And it wasn't until after I lost her that I could. People say that all things happen for a reason. Maybe you had to experience that to be in a place that you can help save hundreds and hundreds of babies through your words, your thoughts, and your emotions. Oh, that would be nice. I, I I hope so. I really do. I'm, I promise I don't want to have another man or woman facing this same kind of thing at such a young age and thinking that that's the only option. And then years later, looking back and, and regretting, you know, or just going through this. Right. So. And it takes in my opinion, the bravest of the brave, to be real. Because men always want to act like nothing bothers them, like they're fine, they're right. indestructible. And that's that's not the case. And I, I believe that when a woman is choosing, do I do an abortion? Do I do adoption? In most circumstances, it's not just her opinion. Mm -hmm. She consults with the birth father. Right. And if we don't address what the birth fathers are thinking and feeling, and we don't let them know, hey, this, this may really bother you. This, this may come back to where you're not okay years later. Right. That you're going to suffer these regrets and 
all these emotions that you may not be prepared for. And they may hit you at a time in your life when you're least expecting it. It could be Mm -hmm. at the birth of your next child. It could be when you're holding your grandchild. It could be uh, seeing a pregnant woman in the store, or it could be uh, walking in Walmart and walking past the baby section. It could be any of those things. That could be a trigger and emotional. Yeah. Right. Again, I appreciate that you've been so open and honest about it because I, again, for the birth fathers out there, and yes, a birth father is somebody who has conceived a child with a woman. There's an actual conception. Right. Kind of half the The baby doesn't have to be born for it to, to still be a baby. And... I think that it's important to acknowledge that they have feelings too. I mean, it's it's not it's not just up to the woman. It's not just her choice. Well, and it's interesting because throughout my lifetime that's been the clarion call of of the um pro-choice side is that it's the woman's choice. It's the woman's choice. And we get that drilled in so often that I think maybe to a small degree, I'm I'm not trying to put blame on anything or anybody else than me for the choices I've made in my life, but perhaps that's why I went along with it at the time and said, well, it's her choice. I really don't have a say in this, so I'm going to support her. Because you hear it on TV, you know, it's only the woman has the right to choose. And it's like there were two people involved in the conception, the procreation, whatever you want to call it, of the child. And there are two people, three people, who will be affected long term sometimes. So You said something really powerful. You said that you felt that it was her right Mm -hmm. to choose. How has that thought process changed? Because that's really, really powerful. I I have my own very strong beliefs on abortion from partially my past, things I've seen. um, And I honestly don't think it's anyone's right to choose that in a way you know i mean whether government is involved or not that's i'm not going to get into the political side of this but i honestly think it's even if it's a right to choose it's a poor choice i don't know how to put that without i don't want to offend anybody who has done this in the past like I have or any I just um, I feel like it's a life lost that didn't need to be unnecessary okay and in a lot of cases most due to a feeling of expediency when did you though as as a dad, decide that it was no longer solely the woman's right to choose. Because I do agree with you. I do right. agree. 
Um, I think as I watched my son grow and realized that he didn't have an older brother or sister with him. I I don't know. I can't really pinpoint it, but that's kind of... I just saw my son grow, and I'm so proud of him. Yeah, he's amazing. So as a woman, um, I have not had an abortion. Mm-hmm. Again, I was born eight days before Roe v. Wade became legal. My mother was pregnant, became pregnant when she was 15. And I was told by her over and over again, she didn't know until the three weeks before I was born as when she found out the doctors. I'm sure she suspected. I don't know how you couldn't suspect. Right. Um, I do believe there's a very real possibility that I myself wouldn't be here. Um had that been an option and I'm not sure if my birth father would have been consulted or if he would have had a say in it as a birth father what do you think what's the best advice that you would give to a man and a woman mm-hmm. The woman's wanting to do an abortion, and that's what she is thinking is the best for their situation. What would you say to him? First of all, I would hope he would be more mature than I was at the time, honestly, but how do you do anything about that? But I would want him and um, the birth mother to look at the options, look at the choices they're making and see not only what they're doing to the baby's life, but also what are going to be the long-term effects on them as people, you know, as a couple or as individuals, however you want to look at it. But where are they going to be when they're 50? Are they going to look back with regrets because they chose adoption, chose to raise the child, or chose to terminate it? Because I think uh, if presented with the facts in a realistic way, I think that me and my first wife would have made a different choice. Do you think that, and again, this is very personal, so thank you so much for sharing this. Do you think that that impacted your relationship? I think it did. I think we probably, I mean, I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't say that that was the reason that we didn't stay married. Who knows? Maybe deep down, I think we lost a little respect for each other and maybe for sure even ourselves. So, yeah, uh, it affects our relationship. You're, you know, you realize how easily you terminated a life. And uh, it doesn't feel good. 
we all want to respect ourselves. We all want to look at ourselves as the good guy or at least not the bad guy. And it's hard to do that after you make a choice like this. Absolutely. I think that one of the purposes of these podcasts are educating men and women and society in general mm-hmm. that birth fathers are important, that they do matter. And the focus is very much placed on the woman's right to choose, the woman's right to choose. And I do agree that the birth father will carry as much emotionally, obviously not physically, but emotionally, mentally, the weight of a decision Mm -hmm. as much as the birth mother because it, it takes two to make a baby. Yeah. And... That being said, the ramifications affect both. And I think, again, earlier I talked about how it's been drilled into our heads, you know, that it's the mother's choice. It's the mother's choice. And I certainly don't want to come across as saying, no, it's not the mother's choice. It's the father's. No, it's two people who kind of made their bed. It's their choice. It's their choice, whether as a couple or as individuals who had had a one-night stand or whatever it is. I think just as the birth mother deserves the respect to uh, make this choice, so does the birth father. Right. And we don't ever hear on the news, on society, Mm -mm. it's the father's right to choose. Like We don't ever hear those words. As well, we shouldn't. We should be offended if they say no it's the father's right to choose just as i think we should be a little bit offended that it's just the birth mother's right to choose right and i do agree with that you see it's you know it's her uterus and it's her this but it's their baby right and it's their emotional well-being possibly for the rest of their lives sure sure i really hope that If there are listeners out there that are facing an unexpected pregnancy, an unplanned pregnancy, or maybe have found themselves in a position where they cannot parent, I really hope that adoption is placed on the forefront Mm -hmm. and really looked at. And that is what these podcasts are geared to do, is to really provide information that you may not find elsewhere. Birth fathers matter. That needs to be on the forefront, I think, of a lot of people's minds because the attention given to birth fathers with regards to abortion is is almost nil. What do you think of society putting it solely upon the birth mother? Do you think it would be better from... A social worker standpoint to have two people to make a decision, you know, because maybe you make a little wiser decision with another person involved and you can stand firmer with the choices you've made as opposed to one person going, I hope this is right. I don't know. I'm just curious. 100% because in adoption, 
both people have to consent. Mm-hmm. A birth father has to be served, but he has 30 days to go to the court to file in the state of Arizona. He has 30 days to go to court and file paperwork to contest the adoption. Right. So it does take two people. Mm-hmm. With an abortion, you don't have to have the consent of the birth father. Right. So in the state of Arizona, you do have to have parental consent if you're under the age of 18 to obtain an, an abortion. However, you do not have to have the consent of the biological father right. of the baby. The biological father is completely cut out of the equation. Correct. Yeah. Because again, the focus is on the woman's right to choose. Right. Whereas... As a society, those that want to promote life absolutely believe in the unity in the decision, which is why adoption provides that. Right. And parenting, so choosing to parent or choosing to place a baby for adoption requires both parties. And it it should. In all three should. cases, it should. Absolutely. One study that I read suggests that 33% of women who have had an abortion develop an intense longing to become pregnant again to, quote, make up for the lost pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, 18% of these women succeed within a year of the abortion. My biological mother had me. She didn't have an abortion. They weren't legal. But she did go on to have my brother almost immediately. So... I, she was uh, 16 and four months, four and a half months, years old when she had me. Right. And then had my biological brother on her 18th birthday. So she did the same thing Just in essence. Just a year and a half later. Well, she had him. So she got pregnant right. again within nine months of having me. So she would fall even though it was an adoption. And not an abortion. She fell into that category as well. Was that the circumstance that you experienced after you had yours? Honestly, no, it wasn't. It was a few years later. It wasn't like, uh, trying to think how old I was. It was about two years later. So, I mean, it was fairly soon, but not, and at that point we were ready to get married or so we thought (laughs) and ready to raise a child. Yeah, it wasn't immediate, but it wasn't that long either. Sorry. I'm very distracted today. No, you're doing <laughs> this fine. One. You're fine. I also believe that, that women that do experience aftermath of having an abortion uh-huh. may not always attribute triggers or factors that may come into play later on to the fact that they had right. an abortion. And they may not think, oh, wow, that is a trigger because of this, or that is a trigger. You know, you've talked about uh, your son not having a sibling. Mm-hmm. Right. And that being the case, do you think that before you really came to terms of your experience that there may have been triggers with that? You know, I hadn't really thought of it that way. There's one incident in particular, and I rarely cry for movies. They're movies, you know. 
And there was one movie. It was when I had watched it when my son was very small. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. It's called My Life. It's got Michael Keaton in it and Nicole Kidman, I believe. It's been a long time since I saw it. I, I believe I have seen it. I don't remember it specifically, but I do believe I have seen it. All right. Well, the premise of the movie is Michael Keaton finds out he's got cancer and his wife is pregnant. And then uh, so he's making this videotape for his son to know who his father was when he uh, when he's born. Um, At the very end, the little boy is watching the TV and. He like touches the TV and says, I love you, daddy, or something that just set me off. And thankfully, I was alone in the apartment at the time. And I'm watching this alone, bawling, (laughs) just uncontrollably sobbing, like you say, the ugly cry because of this movie. And I always thought because I had developed this appreciation for how I feel towards my son, how much I loved my son as, as a little baby and still do. But who knows, maybe deep down, it was a sense of the loss I had because of a choice I made. And I never really put that together, but that's definitely a possibility. I can see the connection. I can see how absolutely that would be a trigger and and I don't think I've seen the movie. It it wasn't a great movie, but boy, that was effective. Because it was a good in movie. your mind, was that little boy the boy that's not here? Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Or, you know, I th- for years I just thought of it as, you know, me thinking about John and how much I loved him. But who knows, maybe it was how much I could have loved a brother or sister of John's. Yeah. That doesn't even get a name. My name is Lacey, and I placed my daughter Jada two months ago. I chose adoption because I didn't feel it was fair to her to go the route where you terminate a pregnancy because it really had nothing to do with her. I was the responsible party and I needed to make a decision accordingly. So because the father left when I was three months pregnant and I already have two daughters, I knew that was the only option really for her to have a better life. And I knew that there was a lot of beautiful families out there who can't have kids or for whatever reason, they don't go through that process. So I felt that it was the best thing for her is to give her everything I could never give her. So that's why I placed her. I chose building Arizona families because I was kind of in a situation where I was gonna be kicked out of my house and I was gonna have nowhere to go, be five months pregnant. And they got me in, they got me taken care of. They basically saved my life and they saved my baby's life because I would have been homeless on the street. They were amazing. I got in here and they took care of me and were there with me through the whole journey, so. It was a good choice. (laughs) I didn't think I was strong enough to do it, and I did it. And I'm in a really good place now. Even though it's only been two months, I'm in a very good place. And I have a really good adoptive family who are beautiful to me. And, And so it can turn out good, you know, for everyone involved. 
building Arizona families was, they were just supportive through the whole process. Um, my case manager, Blaine, was beautiful. I love her. Um, and she was there no matter what I needed. Um, like I said, all my needs were taken care of. I'm really glad I chose this place and, and the people here are wonderful and they support you the whole way. Thank you for joining us on Birth, Mother Matters, and Adoption, written and produced by Kelly rourke Scary and edited by me, Ron Raines. We also want to thank Building Arizona Families, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and the You Before Me campaign. A special thanks goes out to Grapes for letting us use their song, Ida Know, as our theme song. You can check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com, and you can call us 24 hours a day with questions or comments about the podcast or adoption in general at 623-695-4112. That's 623-695-4112. Make sure to join us next time on Birth, Mother Matters, and Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Raines. We'll see you then.